Welcome to the Healthy Family Project by Produce for Kids, covering the hot topics in the world of health, food, and family with a dose of fun. Hi, it's Amanda, your host. Before we jump into our summer replay today, just a reminder to join our Facebook group, Healthy Family Project. You can simply request to join and we'll approve you on our end. It's a great place to check in, to get tips from other parents and partake in open discussion about all things family. But we do talk a lot about food over there. Um, So we are also now doing a regular Facebook live show, I guess, episode, new episode weekly. My daughter, Charlie, and I are on the Produce for Kids Facebook page on Fridays at 3.30 Eastern time. If you can join in also, um, my older daughter, Mia, is our producer. Got to give her a shout out too. Um, It's really been a nice way to start the weekend. We make a recipe together and of course we laugh. As Charlie will tell you, it's unscripted. I don't think anyone has any questions if it's unscripted or not. Uh, It's just a fun way we are interacting with the comments and really bringing some lightheartedness to the end of the week. We have new recipes being added over to the website at produceforkids.com. And we have actually have a brand new website that makes searching for recipes easy. If you have a topic that you're dealing with at home and you want to find that either in the podcast or perhaps in a blog post, you can easily search that um, in the search area on the website. If you do not subscribe to our e-newsletter, you can do that over on the website as well. We send out weekly emails with recipes and ideas and topics that could be top of mind at the moment. So I also thought it was important to revisit this great episode that I did with my friend Pamela Riemenschneider for the summer replay. It's all about eliminating food waste. With with less trips to the grocery store these days, I feel like we are all looking for ways to make our fresh produce last longer. Pamela is the mom of two boys and the retail editor for Blue Book Services and also behind Produce with Pamela. Over the pandemic, Pamela and I have shared texts about meals and, quite frankly, meal struggles. We talk about making your fresh last longer and all that we talked about back when this episode aired still applies. You can always expect some laughs as well. Uh, So Pamela has been part of the fresh produce industry for more than 10 years with lots of insider tips to share. Today, we're going to touch on easy ways your family can help reduce food waste ways to use all of your fruits and veggies, how to properly store fruits and veggies for a a longer shelf life. So let's get started with today's summer replay. Hi, Pamela. Welcome to the Healthy Family Project. Hey, Amanda. Thanks for having me. It's great to chat with you today. Before we dive into tips for families looking to cut back on their food waste, can you tell everyone a little bit about you and your passion for this topic? Well, I grew up surrounded by fresh produce. You know, my my grandfather was a produce supervisor for Safeway in Kansas City. And my mom and aunts all worked at Safeway as teenagers. And my dad even was a long haul truck driver for a little while. And when I was young, my sister and I would ride along with him hauling onions um, in Uvalde, Texas, of all places. I live near there now. Um, or we've, we've rode, ridden along with broccoli from California. And that wow. was all... So much fun um, to learn that when I was very, very young. Um, and, I, and I can still remember the smells from my childhood. My grandparents' basement always smells like the apple aisle in the produce department. And uh, it, it, the, the smell of onions for me reminds me of like sweeping the skins out of a tractor trailer after dropping them <laughs> off. So we had that fun experience when I was younger. 
But professionally, I kind of wear a few different hats when it comes to fresh produce. I started out thinking I'd be a photojournalist for a magazine or a newspaper, and I worked as a news photographer. And then I ended up finding my way to a fresh produce trade newspaper and magazine. And I've spent more than 10 years covering the fresh produce industry in that capacity. Um, but it's kind of become more than just a career. It's it's like a lifestyle for me. I started a video series in 2007 where I did product testing for value-added produce, um, like meal kits and microwavables. Um, but now I moved on. I've started a new job. And I have launched a YouTube channel called Produce with Pamela. And that's where we talk about all things produce. I have really unique opportunities to meet with growers and go into restaurants and food distributors. And I want to share that information with, you know, everyday people just to share the story of produce. So it's a, it's a lot of fun for me to get out there and learn all about produce. That's wonderful. It's it's crazy how those smells, you know, of your childhood carry on. I think about when you said that, it reminded me of canning tomatoes in my grandparents' basement. And so forever, that smell will remain with me, you know, and I think back to that time, um, which is like kind of weird. And, and also, when you talk about the trucks, my dad also drove a truck, but he like just for kids being in a truck, there's just something about that that's super cool, right? (laughs) No, yeah, we rode along, he had a sleeper cab. So when he would go around the corners on some of those clover leaf things, my sister and I would roll back and forth on the bed in the Peterbilt. Um, So not the safest thing to do, (laughs) of course. But, you know, we were hauling onions from New York City. I mean, from Texas all the way to New York York City when five or six or something like that. And my dad went all the way out in this truck to the Statue of Liberty, and it was at a time when it was like boxed up, and he didn't know. A time before the internet, we would have known that now. Right. <laughs> he paid all the tolls to get us out there so we could see the Statue of Liberty, and then it was just being repaired. Oh, wow. So, I remember that one. That was an onion haul. That's so, too, yeah. too funny, all those memories. Well, I thank you for being on the show today. I know that you know, you and I have connected being in the the produce industry together and share a lot of similar passions as far when it comes to giving back and being kind to our environment. And so when we were talking about, you know, the topic of food waste and I thought, you know what, I need to get Pamela on because families moving into the new year, I'm sure maybe it's part of some of the resolutions that people are thinking about or or maybe not tagging it as a resolution, but just something that you'd kind of like to to make a difference and wondering how you might be able to do that as a family. So Pamela is going to chat with us today about that. So everything you're doing is, is super inspiring. So let's talk about food waste, hot topic. So according to our friends at Feeding America... 218 billion, that's crazy, dollars in food was wasted just last year. So that's that's just a crazy number. What are your thoughts? Um, just something simple, easy on a smaller scale that families can do to help eliminate food waste. A lot of what I see um, when it's talked about when it comes to food waste uh, revolves around what grocery stores can do or, or uh, farmers can do. Um, harvesting more uh, seconds or imperfect or ugly produce. Um, but, uh, and then of course, those are some big numbers. But what I like to emphasize with consumers is that according to uh, ReFed, which is an organization dedicated to reducing food waste, and, and it, the, the greatest impact 
Um, the most impactful thing that we can do to reduce food waste is consumer education and changing consumer behavior because most food is wasted at home. Uh, I have a little saying and, you know, it kind of sends me off on a tangent, but I, I say, I call it don't turning your crisper, don't turn your crisper drawer into an oubliette. Um, an oubliette is uh, what they used to have in a French castle. It was a, it literally means a place to forget. So, <laughs> you know, you see a lot I get of things about yes. this, right? Yeah. You go on the internet and people, you know, do, take a picture of their crisper drawer and it's like all sad, wilted produce. Um, and it's where good intentions go to die sometimes, yes, especially when people are doing, um, new year's resolutions, they go out and they buy a ton of fruits and vegetables because they're going to eat healthy now. Um, but you need to be able to plan ahead and I want to try to make it easy for people because I, I don't want to overwhelm people with, um, all these things that you need to do to make sure you don't waste food. <laughs> so step one is just buy with a purpose. Shop with a list to a degree. I'm not saying you have to have a regimented list, though. So you have a plan of what you're going to buy, but that doesn't mean you can't look around in the store. So, Because I'm really bad about walking through the store and finding this beautiful display of produce, and it's something maybe I didn't plan. And groceries do, grocery stores do this on purpose, and that's okay. It's okay to be lured away by one of these beautiful displays because... It's usually something that's either, you know, at the peak of its season or on sale. So maybe you had planned to buy carrots and have carrot sticks as a snack on your grocery list and you see they're sampling something like jicama. So sub out your carrot sticks and do jicama and that way you try something different and you got it at a good deal because it was on sale that week. So, you know, sub things out. Don't necessarily... Um, go into the store, see a beautiful display and add that on top of it. I know the grocery store would love it if you would just buy extra, but when you get home and you have 10 different snacks, maybe that's too much for one grocery trip. And we just talked about this today, our team here at Produce for Kids. So we're talking a lot about meal planning and um, we all agreed as, you know, personally that when we when we do, there's weeks that we do and we don't, but the weeks that we do create a meal plan, however simple it may be, we recognize that there's less waste than if we don't have a plan, however simple that may be. Well, and planning can be just as easy as I'm going to have snacks. And then you go to the store and you pick the snack you're going to have, your produce for the snack. You, you pick that at a specific time at the store. And it, and not necessarily have something in mind where, uh, well, I know I want to have uh, carrots on Monday and cucumbers on Tuesday, but go to the store and see what's on sale or plan ahead if you go through your, your grocer's like sale papers. Um, and that way you're, you're fulfilling that one need, but you're not necessarily creating too much work for yourself before you go to the store. Right. And then, so the other thing that I have for, you know, step two of, Uh, making sure that you don't waste when you are buying it and bringing it home is to store it properly. It'll last a lot longer. And I know a lot of people immediately turn to their refrigerator when they get home from the store. And for a lot of fruit, especially, that's a bad idea. Um, A lot of fruits don't like to be in the fridge. Avocados and mangoes need to be at room temperature to ripen, but you can actually put them in the fridge once they're ripe and keep them for another couple of days or for avocados, even another couple of weeks. Um, avocados can last a lot longer in the fridge once they're ripe. Mm-hmm. 
Um, citrus, bananas, even watermelons. People don't know about that one oftentimes. And a lot of other tropical fruits spoil faster in the fridge. Hmm. Have you ever had like a lime in the crisper drawer get like brown spots on it yes. where it kind of, like shrivels up? That's because it's been put in the refrigerator. And that's what happens to it. It causes chill damage to the limes. So you're supposed to keep them in a fruit fruit bowl out on the counter. I have mine in a fruit bowl. And some t- sometimes people in my family, I don't know who does it, but sometimes things just find their way into the crisper drawer. I don't know if they like go there by themselves and at nighttime or if my family is like, <laughs> or my family doesn't believe me when I'm like, this needs to be out. And they're like, no, it has to be refrigerated. <laughs> All right. So if you need proof, there's a really fantastic chart from the University of California, Davis, which, you know, those of us in the produce industry know that a lot of the research for fruit and vegetable post-harvest happens at UC Davis, the outline storage guidelines. You know, we, maybe we can link to it from this post yes. where you can have what should go in the fridge and what shouldn't go in the fridge. So if you need some scientific evidence to back yourself up to show that citrus isn't supposed to be in the fridge, then you can get it from there. Okay. Well, we'll definitely link up to that in the show notes for sure. And I also get a lot of questions from consumers on the best way to store fruits and vegetables, especially stuff that they bought at the store that was packaged, like berries in a clamshell. Um, Those should not be rinsed or washed, no matter what the internet tells you about washing them in vinegar water or anything like that. Don't get them wet until you're ready to eat them. Um, and they also should be stored in the clamshell container that you buy them in. Those are designed to allow just the right mix of air to keep them fresh. And also try not to buy berries thinking you're going to eat them in like four or five days. Buy them to eat them in the next day or two. Um, don't try to keep them fresh in your fridge for more than a couple of days. It's not a good idea and you're going to end up wasting them. Right. I always like to freeze mine. As soon as I see the sign that they're probably not going to be consumed, I'm like, all right, time for freezing for smoothies. Yeah, I squish. I actually take strawberries and I chop them up and put just like a little bit of a sprinkle of sugar on them to macerate them. And then I freeze those and throw them over like ice cream or something that mm, like that mm-hmm. later. So that's what I do with my berries when they're getting close. Um, then there's also things in the vegetable oil, like zucchini. Um, those go really well in, like, if you buy them at the store in a pouch bag, that tends to keep them a lot fresher because those respire quite a bit. They breathe and they'll get shriveled up and wrinkly. So sometimes the packaging is actually designed to help keep them fresh and you should keep it in the packaging that it came in. You're right. And you know what? I just noticed the other day I, I bought um, garlic and... I put it in a in a Ziploc bag after I had started using it and and it was like moldy within a day. And then mm-hmm. and then when I was then I'm like, "You know what? I have had that for a long time, but it couldn't have just like it had to have been the bag that I put it in that like the moisture or whatever was in there. So now no more of that. The garlic stays out." Well, and keep your potatoes out of sunlight. Those should be in a cool dark place and also keep potatoes and onions away from each other. They don't like each other and they'll cause each other to spoil or bolt faster. Mm -hmm. A lot of people put their potatoes and onions in the same drawer in a cabinet or something like that to keep them dark, but you make sure to keep them separate too. Great tips. So from what I understand, there are lots of fruits and veggies that aren't being fully used, like the leafy greens on the end of celery. So who knew you could use those as part of your salad? I've been doing a lot of that. So do you have any surprising tips on fruits and veggies we may not be fully taking advantage of? So I like to take 
And my fruits and like, I'm not my fruits, sorry. <laughs> I like to keep my vegetables, um, the scraps from those, like you said, the leafy tops from celery. My husband hates celery. Sorry, celery growers. So <laughs> the only place that we use it in our house is in soup because um, mm. he recognizes the power of celery in soup. Um, so I keep all of those scraps together in a bag and either put it in my freezer or I keep it in my fridge for about a week. And I make chicken soup um, and chicken soup stock mm-hmm. probably once a week. So I plan ahead. If I peel carrots, I don't generally peel carrots. We just eat them whole. Um, and if I have uh, the ends of celery, the ends of onions or anything like that, I keep it together to add to my soup stock. So we buy a rotisserie chicken probably once a week. I live next door to Costco. Um, so then I make stock and I, I they call it bone broth these days, like the hipsters or whatever. <laughs> so once we're done with the chicken, I take the bones and then my scrap bag and I put it together in my crock pot or an instant pot. You can do it in an instant pot too. Um, so those are things that are pretty natural to put in soup, like celery, onions, carrots. That's normal. Um, but don't forget things like lemons and ginger. Those make great broth too. Uh, so you can put those in your chicken broth. And the other one that's really surprising to me is corn cobs. Um, if you roast your old corn cobs and throw them in with when you're making broth, it actually tastes really good. Oh, wow. I never thought of yeah. that. But I also kind of plan simple meals and use the same ingredients. Um, in our house, we do a lot of meals that I call choose your own adventure. <laughs> um, I'll prep a lot of vegetables and we'll build tacos or pitas and then I'll plan to build those and I'll use the same leftovers the next day, but Mm -hmm. in a different way. So for tacos, that'll be something like cilantro and onions that I would use as a topping on curry the next day, or even um, do pitas on Monday. And we would have the onions and the bell peppers from the pitas leftover because I'll make extra and we'll use those at sauteed as fajita toppings the next day. Um, so I kind of plan my rhythm of my meals, Mm -hmm. planning to reuse things that I might not finish up one day, um, makes it really easy for us to try to make sure that we use everything, um, and get it all done and not waste anything when we're done. Yeah, for sure. Um, another thing that people don't think about is how simple things can be. Like you don't really have to have complicated meals, um, to use up and make sure that you're using all of your your fruits and vegetables. Um, we just offer a bowl of some kind of fruit or vegetable with every meal. And I think this comes back to my grandfather and my grand my grandparents are um, alive and well in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Um, but at every meal, half of what he eats is fruits and vegetables. And if he's still hungry at the end of a meal, there's always a salad with dinner. And you eat a salad first. And if you're still hungry, you eat another salad. Right. Um, So that's how we fill up. But um, so last night at dinner, we had baked pasta and garlic bread and a salad. And I had a bowl of pomegranate arrows Mm -hmm. that we had. I don't I don't know why we had them in the fridge. I think it was because pomegranates were on sale at the store and we were playing with, you know, picking them out. Um, and we did them all at once. So even though pomegranate arrows totally didn't go with pasta and garlic bread, I had the bowl of them on our table and my four-year-old ate most of those after he was done with dinner. So it may not necessarily be part of your big dinner scheme, but put an extra bowl of fruits or vegetables. Maybe it's something that needs to get eaten out on the dinner table so people think of it to eat it. Same with snack time. 
So maybe you're having sliced apples and peanut butter with snacks. Well, why don't you offer something that's also in the fridge at the same time? Oh, I like that. We, My daughter had a couple of friends. They were doing homework last evening and I looked and I thought, you know what? I'm just going to throw a bunch of these fruits and veggies out there on the counter and they they ate them right up. I mean, as I long as... We underestimate the power of, of availability. I know. I'm just going to say that <laughs> right? the, because they didn't have to stand up and walk to the refrigerator and like remove it and set it out like that was great for them. <laughs> the other thing too is the power of a fruit salad. Like I, I know there's tons of recipes and recipes are great and they're great for inspiration. But sometimes I look around my kitchen, like right now I, I just got up from lunch and I'm thinking about dinner and I, I just looked at a bowl of green apples and some kiwi fruit that I have on my counter thinking, man, we need to use those. I'm going to chop those up and eat them as salad for dinner, like the fruit salad on our dinner table. And it's not anything that has like a dressing or anything like that. You can just chop up fruit and eat it as a fruit salad. And you'd be surprised that your kids will just eat it. And it's not complicated at all. And it's not some big, huge planned ordeal of uh, preparing food. Um, Sometimes using up fruits and vegetables is just looking at what you've got out there on the counter or in your crisper drawer and throwing it together and putting it in front of people. Um, it's not hard and, and sometimes people overlook it because it isn't part of their big meal plan. And now it's time for a healthy bite. Today's healthy bite is brought to you by Arctic Apples, your go-to for non-browning apples. Grace is here. She hasn't been here in a while, so I'm excited to see her. She stopped by to deliver some goodness to us. Yay, happy to be back. So, you know, it's a little chilly outside and we all love a little warm treat. So um, today I brought a fun quesadilla using Arctic apples. Um, These are super easy to make with Arctic's sliced apples. Um, It's just some tortilla, the sliced apples, brown sugar, and pumpkin pie spice. So it comes together really quickly. You could use either a a quesadilla maker or your skillet. And, you know, it's ready in like five minutes. So this could be, you know, if you're running out the door and your kids want to eat something, something really quick and warm, they could eat, keep some full for a while, even as a quick after school snack. So you ready to try it? Uh, Yes. I don't want to keep waiting here. So let's see what we have. It's simple. So... Smells good. Oh my gosh, really good. And I mean, I'm telling you, I kept saying, so what are the ingredients? Wait, there's only... Only four ingredients. So it's, you know, very simple, very quick to make. Um, And I just love the combination. The pumpkin pie spice and the apple taste very good together. Really, really great for this time of year. Any time of year, really. My kids would devour these. And the golden variety um, has a really a sweeter taste to them too. Yeah, I love the sweet flavor. I really love this quesadilla. Um, And the great thing about Arctic apples is that they're perfect for on the go. So they come pre-sliced. You can grab a bag at your local grocery store, head out the door. I love that you could just keep them in the fridge. And whenever your kids need a quick snack, open up the bag, you know, pop it on a plate with a little peanut butter, almond butter. And, you know, you've got something really healthy and balanced for them to eat. Well, I can say these quesadillas are amazing. We did get a a shipment from Arctic Apples yesterday, and my daughter has already gone through one whole bag. So (laughs) I guess we can vouch for that. That's a good sign. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely a good sign. So to learn more about Arctic Apples, you can go to arcticapples.com and look for them at your local grocery store. Those are lots of great ideas. I know we've been doing avocado, just avocado with lime juice. And, and I have been amazed. We had it one day 
And my husband and my older daughter now are like, oh, can we get some avocado with lime juice as a side? I'm like, uh, yeah, that's the easiest. <laughs> that's the easiest yeah, side ever. <laughs> that's exactly it. Yeah. So, you know, mangoes d- aren't really in season right now. They are kind of, if you do, if you live in the right area, you can get really good fresh mangoes, but I buy some frozen ones where I have actually the end of the summer when they have the really big ones on sale, I buy them and I chunk them up and I freeze them. And last night for dessert, my kids were, you know, griping at me because they wanted to have some ice cream. And I had a bowl of mango with chamoy sauce on it. And that was just me. Mm. And both of them said, hey, I want some of that. And they ended up eating all of the mango that I had left in the freezer. (laughs) Um, So I'm a little upset about that. But it's just a matter of either modeling it or making it available sometimes that kind of moves the needle on actually getting people to eat stuff. Right. I agree. Okay, so speaking of kids, we know that kids tend to waste quite a bit of food in the lunchroom every day during the school year. I know I I go sometimes, you know, if I stop by the school or you're in the cafeteria and you just see these trash cans where kids are just like dumping everything they have, that or they're bringing it home, which is what my kids do, where I open the lunchbox and say, oh my goodness, I cannot believe it's like, breaking my heart that I have to throw these things out. So I know it's a tough, kind of a tough question, but do you have any advice on helping kids understand food waste and kind of combating the lunchbox dump, as I like to call it? I do the same thing. I go up to my son Ike's school and I'll have lunch at his school and they have a salad bar and kids can take unlimited amounts of fruits or vegetables with their school lunch. And so many kids pick things up and they just pick it up and then they throw it away. And that drives me crazy, too. Um, So I talk to them at the table about whether or not they're actually going to eat it. And I'm kind of frustrated that the school keeps giving them tiny red delicious apples Mm -hmm. that none of the kids actually eat. Um, But that's a that's a school food service issue that I would really hope that, you know, the kids would get a little more education at school. But it all starts at home, too. We're talking about mindfully picking Mm -hmm. up what they're eating and what they're actually throwing away and talk about food waste and talk about, are you going to eat it? Don't take it unless you're going to eat it. Um, And and it's a hard one for me to handle. Uh, I have a kid who loves all types of food. And when we make his lunch, he wants this gourmet, (laughs) amazing food. and and, And he'll come home with half of it uneaten. And it's really frustrating for me. Um, so my best advice for school lunches in my, you know, my, my son is 10 now and I've been doing school lunches since he was four. Um, my best advice is to pick foods that travel well and get to the lunchroom in the best condition possible. And we live in Austin, Texas. It's hot here most of the time. Cold packs are a must. Mm-hmm. Like we, we can't send room temperature food. Um, it, I can't stand warm, slimy strawberries either. (laughs) So if I send pre-cut strawberries in a lunchbox that isn't cold, my kids will not eat them. They will send them home and it'll come back and I'll be mad because I spent the money on strawberries and sent it to school and spent the time prepping it too. Um, So I pick things that taste good that, you know, if it maybe it hasn't not fresh out of the fridge or but at least something that is going to keep well. Um, the cucumbers for my kids, they like those as long as they're kept chilled in their lunchbox, they'll eat them. But if they get warm, they come back. So I, I avoid things that don't taste good warm. Um, and I also prep stuff for optimum eating. 
Um, so when I go up to school and I watch the whole apples go in the trash and the sliced apples get eaten, you know, it's just the way kids eat. Uh, this mm -hmm. is, and we have to accept it. And you're not going to make your kid learn how to eat a whole apple, especially younger elementary school age kids that maybe have a puzzle in their mouth of missing teeth. Mm -hmm. um, so <laughs> I have to think about True. it. And there are some apples, example, if, if your kid really wants sliced apples, buy one that browns slowly. There's a couple out there that don't turn brown quickly. Mm -hmm. uh, um, just naturally, and you can slice up and then put them back together and put a rubber band around it. And that'll help keep the, um, the, the color to them. I know some people also put uh, lemon juice or something like that on there, yeah. whatever you need to do to get it to school in a condition that your kid will eat it. Um, that's, uh, and you know, I love to hate on bento boxes. Um, they, they, they really well, presented manicured <laughs> food. I just don't have time for that. I don't have the time. I don't plan ahead enough. Um, the best I can do is grapes on a stick. <laughs> um, but I find that when I actually do some kind of food staging, uh, things get eaten a little bit better. And I, also, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. But, but we're not going to go as far as like, cutting rabbits into cheese or you know, some of the stuff that I've seen on there is amazing. And I applaud the moms and the parents and everyone whose love language is making food amazing looking for their kids. Um, that's not me. So. And, and I'm telling you, I'm the, I'm the same way. My bento boxes are probably not Instagram worthy, but I, the bento boxes, they work. I feel like my kids like the smaller portions and they like, like, they just, they love cheese platters in general or any kind of platter. So I'm like, I feel like this to them is like, they kind of pick and choose and they have like options and they're not like, it's, it's just simple things in the compartment. Like you said, grapes on a stick or whatever. It's all very simple, but it, there's just something about it that when I send the bento box, it comes back empty. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, my, uh, one of my really good friends lived in the Southeast. I know you live in Florida. And she used to shop at Publix and at Publix, they had these uh, toothpicks that were shaped like a little sword, like a little mm -hmm. plastic sword. And if you put grapes or grape tomatoes or something like that on one of those little tiny swords, like all of the food gets eaten. It was it was all presentation. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't have any other, any other explanation other than. Every time I went to Publix, I stocked up on little tiny swords. Yes. I mean, hey, whatever works, whatever you have to do to, to get that food to not be wasted and consumed. So I'm all for it. Yeah. the My girls, uh, like I said, the bento boxes are, are a really big hit. And now that they're making like mini of everything, which I, I find it funny to say like making in reference to produce, <laughs> growing, I guess is the right term. Um, but like the, uh, my daughter this weekend, they have the, the smaller apples. So whereas she really likes sliced apples, but we were in the produce department and she was like, mom, I could take the whole apple if you buy me these apples. And I was like, I will buy you these apples. Will you eat it? And she's like, yeah, because it's only like five bites. Like, mm -hmm. you know, it's not like overwhelming this big, huge apple. You know, it's perfect size for them. And I know there's other produce that has come out recently too that's just like miniature size so that it's not like, oh, I have to eat this huge whatever. It's like perfect size for them. Yep. And I never really thought about that before, but I've had a couple of different events where I've done mini focus groups to talk to moms about how they are 
feeding different produce items to their kids. And when apples come up, most of the moms I know, most of the parents I know buy like one class of apples for themselves and then another class of apples in a smaller size for their kids. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to buy like one of those premium fancy varieties of apples, those are mom's apples. And then like the little mainline gala apples, the the (laughs) tiny ones, those are kid apples because that's a, it's, it's really basic but if you have a, I have a four-year-old, he takes three bites sometimes and then he leaves it. Mm-hmm. So either I'm, I'm batting cleanup here and having to eat what he's not eating, or I'm not too upset that he's only eaten half of an apple and, and at least it's a small one and not a huge one. Right. All right. So you have been working in produce for more than a decade. Are there any insider tips you might be able to share about getting the most out of the fruits and vegetables you buy? Well, this is a a topic that is near and dear to my heart. And I I fight the good battle following a lot of blogs and Facebook groups about cooking and food prep. And one of the most common questions I see is about whether or not a food is okay to eat based on the expiration date or, you know, the use by date. Mm -hmm. And, you know, here's something insider pro tip, best buy and use by dates have nothing to do with food safety. And so many people don't know that. Um, They don't know that if it it has actually nothing to do with the date that the food spoils. They're a date that the producer estimates its best quality before. Um, So if you see that use-by date on something like a bag of salad and it's four days from now, it could already be bad because it was at the front of the case or it sat at the box sat at room temperature for an hour in the back room before the the stalker put it out on the shelf. Just one or two degrees out of optimal temperature can have a dramatic effect on shelf life for something like that. Okay. I have to interrupt you here because of, I have a salad story. I bought a salad. I was buying a salad for a holiday event, like two days before Christmas and the bag salads were BOGO. So of course I had to buy two. I only used one. I left for Pennsylvania where my parents live for about eight days. I came back and that salad in the bag was in prime condition. I was in shock. I felt like that must have just been put on the shelf whenever I purchased it. But you, I feel like I've never had a bag salad. I mean, granted, it, it wasn't open, but that was like over a week, week and a half, over a week and a half that I was like, I just was amazed. And, that, and that's so <laughs> true because that's, that happens all the time. Um, so be, you, you can have, you know, on the flip side of my, you know, it could be bad even four days before that Best Buy date. Um, you could have something that's like some kind of magical salad and you bought it and <laughs> somehow it maintained the perfect temperature and it's perfectly fine to eat two or three or four days or even things like packaged guacamole. If you buy, you know, guac in a box, mm-hmm. for that that use by date is way, way, way conservative. Um, so there's no real scientific information that I'm giving you here, but you are your best advocate. Like the sniff test, I hate to say it, is still one of the best (laughs) indicators of whether or not something is good to eat. So those dates, I I don't want to say they mean nothing, but those dates are an approximation of quality. They are not a expiration and they are not the only thing in the market 
that is not safe to consume based on the expiration date is baby formula. That's the only one that's regulated. And that's because it's a nutrient density. And as it gets older, the nutrient density isn't what it's supposed to be. Right. So that's the only one, according to all of these dates, that actually has an expiration date. The rest of them are used by dates. Well, and I think um, I've volunteer at a local uh, grocery store <clears throat> here in Orlando. Um, it's United Against Poverty. They're amazing. But when we go in to volunteer, one of our jobs is to check the products. They have a chart and they're they're like, well, this is the date isn't really the date. And when I started volunteering there, I'm like, I don't understand what you mean. If it's this is the date, we need to throw it away. And they're like, no, check the chart. This is when it's actually like, <laughs> you still yep. got a good like couple months on that can. But and um, another thing that I just discovered, and we'll link up to it in the show notes, I want to say that the USDA, um, I, don't quote me on that because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do some digging after, after we're done here. But um, there is a website that a credible organization has developed where you can actually plug in different products and it'll, it'll tell you a better estimate than the date that's actually on the package. So when I find that, I will link to it. That's a good idea because I know what you're talking about. I don't, and I, I too, it's like, you know, floating in in the space above my mm-hmm. head. I know yeah. what you're talking about. <laughs> um, but, you know, so I, I said the sniff test is your great indicator. You know, I don't eat bag salads that are poofed out, like if it's taut mm-hmm. or have a strong smell or slimy ingredients. That sounds so gross, but it's true. Um, but and cut fruit that gets fizzy. That's kind of on its way to becoming kombucha. Yeah, let's let's not try to <laughs> eat that. Okay. Yes. Um, there are a few items at home, though, that people assume are bad, but they have a whole lot of great shelf life left. Uh, and I'm talking about things like, you know, wilted greens, like lettuce or parsley. If you can throw it in the sink, like snip the end off um, so the root end or just cut it and throw it in a bowl of water, warm water, like not hot, but warmer water will crisp things better than cold water. Cold water tends to make things crispy. Warm water tends to absorb up in there better. Um, that'll give it a, a new lease on life. So if you can get it to bounce back, um, then it's generally good to eat still. Um and then there's a few other things like uh, wrinkles. People are usually see something that's wrinkly and they think it's it's gone bad. Um, but on something like a mango, uh, wrinkly mangoes are actually a lot sweeter. Uh, so you should give them a chance. Um, I avoid things that have mold, yes. dark rotten pits. Good idea. <laughs> a, a bad smell. <laughs> Or slime. Slime is, I, I hate slime made out of glue, and I hate it even worse when it's on my fruits and vegetables. So your best, but, but you know, these are last-ditch efforts, right? The sniff test is the last thing you do. Um, it's best to plan ahead and use it up before you get there. Um, but, you know, make sure that you are actually throwing away food that is inedible. If you, if you get to that point, if you have chickens, great, give it to your chickens. If you have compost, great, do compost with it. Um, but you're, you know, number one, only buy what you need. Number two, have a plan. And number three, don't throw it away if it's still good. Um, those are kind of like the three rules of food waste for fresh produce for me. And, you know, before you, you know, your last chance is, is to give it the sniff test. And if it, and if it fails, then, then you're going to have to do the walk of shame to the trash can. <laughs> well, I love it. I feel like 
there's so many, these are so many simple things that we can do as families to make an impact. You know, it's, it's not some grandiose thing that's totally overwhelming that we can all be a part of, of kind of working to eliminate food waste and just taking these, these small steps to be able to, to really make a difference. So, well, I can't thank you enough for being part of the Healthy Family Project and for your own personal contribution contributions, excuse me, to helping end food waste. And of course, your contributions to sharing information with consumers and doing all you do for the fresh fresh produce industry. Um, can you tell listeners where they can find you if they want more Pamela? Yes, of course. You can <laughs> find me uh, at producebluebook.com or I have a YouTube channel that's Produce with Pamela. Awesome. Well, I'm sure everybody will be sure to tune in to those. And thank you so much, Pamela, for chatting with us today. Thanks, Amanda. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's summer replay. Thank you everyone for continuing to join us in our Healthy Family Project mission to create a healthier generation. If you like the Healthy Family Project, which I hope you do, please tell a friend and leave us a rating. It will only help our visibility so we can continue to share information with all of you. Don't forget about the Healthy Family Project Facebook group. Join us there today. We love to keep this conversation going. If you want to tweet direct with me, I'm at Amanda M. Kiefer on Twitter, and you can find Produce for Kids on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube. Be sure to subscribe. Talk soon. Talk soon.